Welcome to the first episode of the Reroll Podcast. My name is Tanner Prentice, and I will be your Dungeon Master for this adventure. We will be playing a slightly modified version of Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition in a homebrew setting in the world of Rel. Rel is a place where war and imperialism threaten to overwhelm the free world in the shadow of the Empire. The Blackreach Empire. I'm joined to you by five of my idiot friends to bring laughter, tension, and dick jokes to overall and overall enjoyment of the tabletop game to you in podcast format. Everyone, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Uh, my name is Zane Gehring. I am idiot number one. I guess I'll just, you know, designate myself. But um, yeah, I like the long walks up Tanner's butt and um, <laughs> Indian food. Those two aren't really related, but they can be. They can be, yeah. Uh, I'm Octavia Rees, uh, idiot number two here. I dislike everybody in this group except for Ayla and Latara. Those they're pretty cool. Everyone else, fair, awful. Yeah, We're, fair. I'm so sorry that you have to listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm Latara Godding. I guess idiot number three. Um, I pretend to like Octavia. But really like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> That's entirely fair. Um, I'm Ayla Gehring, and I'm idiot number four. <laughs> Succinct. I like it. Yep. Thank you and good night. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no more questions. Were there questions? I didn't study. I'm Brendan Geyer. I'm the last idiot. I was always going to be the last idiot, no matter what order we went in. Uh, I'm I'm stoked to be here with all of my friends, even though I hate them all. It's okay, because we have a good time together, somehow. As long I'm as ready. we get raging drunk, it's it's fine. Heck oh, yeah. let's fucking yeah. do this. If you're good at something, never do it for free, unless you're desperate, like us. Okay. Everybody ready? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Bring it in. Oh, I wanted to preface it by saying I'm going to do a really, really like bad interpretation of a Scottish accent so everybody can look forward to that. <laughs> and then they'll definitely know it's you. Well, I, really, oh, it'll be really it'll be very distinct. It won't be accurate at all, but it'll be distinct. Believe me. I can't Just be the only one doing a shitty accent. <laughs> I'm going to try so hard, but I I can't even tell you what my accent's going to be. I, well, it's, it's funny just because like like I've been like practicing a lot like even just since we decided we we're going to do this, but it's always kind of been like sort of to myself under my breath. And like <laughs> sometimes in the shower, I'll like kind of project, but I don't, I don't think I've ever really done it like full voiced before. So it's probably all going to fall apart immediately. I'm, I'm excited though. I'm excited. You got to use that car space when you're driving. Yeah. I have yeah. to say that I got here and like laid down to take a short nap. And while I was laying there thinking, I was like, I spent four entire hours alone in my car and I didn't even practice my voice once. <laughs> What the Good job. fuck? <laughs> yeah, so. I like the dedication. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Trying to figure it out together. I was trying not to fall asleep most of the time. So. <laughs> Between 7 and 10 this morning, I just laid there thinking about my how I was going to finish up my backstory. So, like, yeah. <laughs> A little oh, bit dear. nervous, but, you know. It's going to be great. Well, We're going to ruin our own lives and probably everyone who decides to listen to this podcast as well so sure mine's already so, ruined. i didn't think about ruined ruined pre-ruined it medication right there i think instead of putting in all of us talking about our names you should just get us all saying ruined 
<laughs> for just the <laughs> intro. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Yep. Our story fuck begins. This podcast in the mouth. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, let me start again. Let's fuck this podcast in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Brendan, it's a very bad idea that you put me so close to your family. I'm sorry. Okay. Tanner, go. (laughs) For the love of God, please. Our story begins. Oh, wait. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You guys are. This is what in baseball is called icing the pitcher. Or no, it's icing the kicker in football. Oh, God. (laughs) What? You make him sit down and play D&D with a bunch of people that he loosely considers friends? Yeah, I think so. I, I I'm sorry. I haven't watched. <laughs> I haven't watched football in a long time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you said the pitcher. I'm not familiar so. with the game, but yeah, that's the pitcher. The pitcher of the football. Yeah, the guy that pitches the football. <laughs> yeah. Our story begins on a well-trodden dirt path that continues to cut through the once gorgeous riverlands of East Rell, a former hub of small communities separated by farmlands and natural beauty, now seems to be tarnished by the remnants of war. A ruined hut reduced to rubble, stumps of hundreds of trees that used to stand tall, and even rotted corpses peppered with arrows being picked clean by carrion birds all serve as a reminder of the might and fury of the Blackreach Empire. Flint and Bo, you find yourselves sharing this awkwardly small space in the back of an open wagon headed to the town of Brambleton. It is operated by an older human and his adult son, uh, being pulled by two draft horses. Please, uh, starting with you, uh, Zane, describe your character. So, Flint Oakenfist, he's a stout dwarf man. He's got a blonde hair, beard, kind of like a cropped mohawk thing going on. Um, He's wearing uh, some pretty, like, well-fitting armor that looks kind of ornate, but it's, like, it's old and in disrepair. Like, the, you know, the brass hasn't been polished in years. Um, yeah, he's a little, he's a little on the taller side for a dwarf, like, hailing from, you know, the mountain tribes, um, just a little bit taller than, you know, normal, like, mountain dwarves, and, um, yeah, he's kind of just, like, half, sort of, like, asleep in the corner with his hood up, and hasn't really said anything the whole ride. Okay. So, my character, uh, Bo Cantrell is about 25, um... Like, pretty thin, uh, brown hair, like, about to his chin, kind of windswept, gray eyes, um, maybe some stubble. And the only really distinguishing things is, um, that you might notice if you paid enough attention would be, like, what kind of looks like rosary or prayer beads kind of wrapped around his wrist, um... He's kind of just keeping to himself, realizing that, you know, the other passengers, you know, doing their own thing, and is probably sitting up pretty straight and just kind of watching out as the world passes. Um, it, uh, th- this morning when I was thinking, I was thinking about casting my character. You know how you pick like a celebrity or someone who looks who you kind of want to resemble, and mine was James McAvoy, if that's how you say his last name. But Mc- McAvoy, McAvoy, <laughs> McAvoy, McAvoy. Yeah. But um, I adore him, so I, I kind of like thought that it might be a cool thing. To is he cast. is he bald like in the X Men movies, or is he like no a- like young like cute cute young? Okay. James I don't know. That <laughs> gets me going. I don't know about you guys. 
As this wagon continues trekking along this, like I said before, well-trotted horse path, the younger of the two who steer the vehicle throws his left arm over his father's shoulder and turns to you and he says, What brings y'all to the Riverlands? I'm on a, a wee little quest, if you will, and I swear to God, if you do not get us there fast. Is there anything to drink in this bloody cart? Go ahead and roll a, a persuasion or intimidation. Okay. Hold on, I gotta figure out what numbers. Um, intimidation. That's a fourteen. The young man looks shocked and pulls it back. And his father, you presume, presume, is right. Ain't no business of ours what they're doing, but. Master Dwarf, uh, going as fast as we can. That being said, my young son don't mean no harm by nothing. Dig under that sack of potatoes there, you'll find a little crate. I, I keep it in case we get accosted by any Imperials. Lovely. And he just kind of reaches under and digs around until he finds finds a little bottle of alcohol. Takes yeah, a swig off, pulls a cork. Yeah, you pull out the small crate and pop it open, and there seems to be a bottle of vodka that has uh, a one-legged man as the sort of label on it. Interesting. You pop the cork, take a sip. Uh, it's really rough, um, but immediately you get a wave of calmness over you as you get a small buzz. Um, noticing the kind of like rosary beads almost on um, on his uh, wagon companions and he just extends the bottle and says, you drink holy man it's going Russian that's the problem it is it is <laughs> yeah. hold on <clears throat> off. you need a yeah I know that's that's my problem is I'm pretty good at a Russian accent I think but <laughs> the Scottish is good this, Scottish was good yeah it's we're, we're getting there we'll we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. I will say, just from watching lots of Scottish romances, <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, like n, like night or like ne, like that's that's a big thing that they use in a lot of stuff. So I have like the the pronunciation in my head like just fine. It's getting it to translate like yeah, that's the hard part. Fair it's you need a um, follow your brain. You need a phrase like uh, how Tanner always resets like yeah, yeah. Um, I think Latara yeah, does that no. too. Titus, the barbarian. Yeah. <laughs> and a couple. Um, Jeff from accounting. <laughs> <laughs> That's mine. That's my guess. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, yeah, he's going to just extend the, his arm to you at the bottom and says, uh, <clears throat> Holy man, you, uh, God damn, yeah, Russian. Holy man, you drink. <laughs> um, Bose seems pretty relaxed and, like, kind of just charmed by just experiencing this uh whatever is kind of just happening around um and actually kind of ha like glad that you um interacted with him uh so he's gonna be like yeah sure why not and take it and take like a sip more to like appease you but like and just kind of um experience whatever this kind of charming moment is well, if this journey is much longer, you're going to need a, a little more than that. And he takes the bottle back and takes, like, a huge swig off of it and just kind of goes back to his corner, seemingly falling asleep. What are your passive perceptions? Not good. 
well, it's mine's 11. Um, was that 10 plus the bonus? Yeah. 13. Okay. Bo, you sip a bit off the top of this whiskey and shake your head. And I thought vodka. it was vodka, yeah. <laughs> vodka, yeah. Vodski. Vodski. Ew. Oh, God. <laughs> what? It's like a mix of vodka and whiskey. Oh. <laughs> they have another one that's like really It's awful. like tequila it's like... and vodka or something. Yeah, I hope it's really nice. That's what it is. Makes me want to throw up like right now. I might. Yeah, no, I can already smell it. and I want to die. <laughs> I hope Vodsky is like really nice whiskey, top shelf shit, cut with like four freedoms Monarch. vodka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Please don't. Our finest me. whiskey don't. and our unfinest vodka. That's what we're. That's gonna be our like alcohol brand that we make after like the podcast like initially like just fails, so we make like a brewing instead and. Somebody is like, I made this really great whiskey, and then Brandon and I are like, I found some potatoes and left them in a bucket for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Reroll vodka. <laughs> okay, so Bo, as you take a bit off the top of this bottle of vodka, um, <sighs> you shake your head because it's it just burns initially and it's it's rough going down. Um, and Please when you don't do, ask me to take a constitution save. <laughs> not this time. Okay. As you shake your head, you catch out of the corner of your eye a small rustling in some bushes up ahead. Um, I want to see if I catch the eye of, like, the younger or the, uh, actually anyone in here. The, if they, as if they would notice, too. The two gentlemen up front uh, don't seem to notice. They seem to be a little taken aback from the response from your companion. Um, meanwhile, Flint has his hood down and is seemingly trying to slumber. Um, it's just rustling? Does it seem alarming? Can I incite a rustle? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you go ahead and roll a perception, see if you can sort of ascertain what you're looking at. Sure. A flaccid 20. If we're doing that. Nice. Acid <laughs> 20. Nice right. and soft. Oh, yeah. Great way to start. You see a small figure pop out of the bush. A child. Ah. Well, Tara, go Gross. ahead and... <laughs> Tara, go <laughs> ahead and describe your character. Uh, you see a small girl looking at you from kind of the shadows of the bush there. Uh, big black eyes with no whites seem to peer into you from behind wisps of black hair that gently fall on her alabaster skin. Her face showing no emotion until she notices you looking back and a small smile spreads on her dark lips. You hear a voice in your head that you can only assume is hers. Do you want to play? Do we all hear that? After a second of hesitation, she kind of moves out farther into the road and, uh, looks down shyly at her feet and you notice as she's looking down that her and only Ayla heard that because Ayla's the one that made eye contact. Sorry. Bo. Um, you notice her dress is a bit tattered with dirt stains on it and her shoes look a bit worn. Her hair is kind of a tangled mess falling down. Um, and then you look back up at her eyes and she's sitting there staring at you with uh, the dark voids of her can I I mean I can't imagine with like 
Um, well, Bo has like some history of, you know, doing kind of mission work, um, but I can't imagine I've ever seen anything like this. Um, I'm gonna say I haven't, but I kind of I want to insight if I can. Yeah, roll roll an insight. This indeed seems to be a strange, slightly timid child. Um, I think that even as kind of spooky as this encounter is and not really feeling that... Also, I don't know, just seeing a child, um... I don't know what time of year it is, but for some reason I feel like, is it cold out? It's autumn. Yeah, I definitely would uh, take it upon myself and to um, point pointer out to the driver and be like, wait, there's a girl. Because <laughs> I feel like we should at least try to help if she's alone. After smacking... Point. I was gonna say, upon hearing this, Flint's gonna crack one eye open and his hand's gonna kinda like go down and grip one of his daggers. And as you place your hand uh, on the back of the old man, he turn, turns to you and follows where your finger is pointing and, and sees a small child and pulls back on the reins and the two draft horses just skid to a sort of stop there. And he yells out and he's like, Child, what are you doing out here? I'm trying to find Brambleton. He looks at his son, and then looks back at you. He says, What the bloody hell's a wheel ass doing all the way out here? Exactly what I was thinking. We're headed to Brambleton, child. Get in. Does that mean you're my friends? No. Do you have any <laughs> coin? There's something wrong with her eyes. <laughs> uh... I don't I don't have any coin. Um I have a little a little teacup. Get in the damn wagon, kid. Flint's looking around, definitely thinking this is like a setup or something. Roll perception. Or throw my dice on the floor, I could do that. Is that okay? A little bit. Oh there it is. <laughs> Uh, first step. Blast of 20. And, uh, Shadow definitely flinches a bit when you said no to her. I'd say with your perception, you definitely pick up on that. You scan the perimeter. Uh, it's not dense forest or anything. There's definitely foliage, um, and sparse trees here and there. Um, but you don't see anything. Okay. I I wanna Bo's gonna kind of do I notice that um what did you draw a dagger or have your hand on your dagger? I just moved my hand to my dagger and it's kind of under my cloak, so you okay. probably have to be looking pretty close to see it. I wonder if my perception would carry over or if I wasn't paying attention to that so I wouldn't notice or I think you're focused on other things at this point. Okay. I'm probably kinda like I don't know how it's actually how it actually looks, but do I just stand up to kind of like interact with them like up 
kind is of. Is it like a Skyrim wagon, like kind of open top? It's an open top, top wagon. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I would have to like stand up to kind of engage with them. Most likely. Sort of. Okay. Um. Bo's gonna say. This is a strange situation, but you have to have some mercy for a child. And the younger one turns and says, Yeah, Pa, I, I agree. It's just a little girl. And I'm sh- if any- Anyways, I think we can handle it. Brambleton's close. It's like an hour. Blint's gonna take a long draw off the vodka and the, um, if gold's a problem, I can, I can cover it. All right. We'll just charge your silver. And now, right, Pa. The old man just kind of <clears throat> runs. Flint's gonna set two silver on the rail, like behind the thing, and just say, um, "That's for the uh, vodka." Appreciate it. His hand reaches up and scrapes it off the wood. Get in, little girl. We're close to Brambleton. Shadow kind of hesitantly moves towards the back and climbs in and scooches as far into the corner away from everyone as she can and kind of just sits there and stares at each of you. When you're getting in, I would like to offer my hand, but if that's okay. <laughs> She'll take it. Okay. After a, after a moment of everybody sitting down, Flint's going to extend the vodka towards you. <laughs> I'm going to slap her hand. <laughs> She'll reach for it, but if you slap her, she kind of snatches it back and goes in on herself a little Not, bit. I don't slap your hand. I slap oh. his hand. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Not the child. Trick yeah. question. I just be like, sir. Oh. <laughs> well, more for me. Have you heard of the giant? What's that? It's a, a story that Wes told me. The Giant of Brambleton. H- have I heard? Can I roll or something? Roll a history check. Sixteen. Yeah, I think you have heard of some tales of the Giant of Brambleton. Um, not so much of who they are or what they look like, but tales of a figure, a giant standing up to the Blackreach Empire from Brambleton. It, it was a sort of propaganda war story from roughly a year, maybe two ago, but you haven't heard about it in a long time. Okay. Um, so this is a person, like an actual person, or it's like lore, or... You're really not quite sure. Hmm. Um, okay. I'll ask, is that real? Is that what you're looking for? Wes told me about it. He seemed like someone that would be fun to meet. Maybe he would want to be friends. Hmm. Is, are you just looking for friends? Is that what you need yeah I mean one can never have enough friends right do you have any friends oh I have my best friend 
Is it the giant? Oh no, I haven't met the giant yet. I'm not following. Don't worry. <laughs> What's passing out? <laughs> Too much vodka. Uh, vod vod whatever this is. Well, I hope you find what you're looking for. And I just in case, I wouldn't get your hopes up. Because I, I think that's just a story. Well, we'll see. And she pulls out some string and starts playing some Cat's Cradle. As the journey moves onward, once you pass the stone bridge at Tybalt Crossing, with the mighty Tybalt River raging underneath you, Brambleton lies on the horizon. It is dusk, but you still get a good sight of the village. A conglomerate of light wooden structures stand next to this flowing water. A building with several seemingly modified water wheels serves as sort of the um, characteristic of this town. Getting closer, disorganization and disarray seems far more abundant. Disturbed ditches of dirt are torn out of the earth, peppered with shattered splinters of timber. All along the perimeter, scars that mark the, def uh, the ground where you can see a defensive wall used to be. And it leaves this town with a uneasy feeling of being exposed. Outside this former border, there's a small stable that's filled to the brim with, with fitted riding horses. Um, Horse armor, in fact, is uh, being hung and on display on, on wooden mannequins and, and uh, hitching posts. You see several dirty stable attendants racing around, clearly overwhelmed with the task at hand. After passing into the edge of the city, a charcoal husk of building stands taller than all the other buildings, if only partially. Its reflective black scorched exterior exudes despair. Next to it, a dark tan leather tent flaps in the wind. It's an ugly monument beside this burnt farmhouse. A chain gang tends to somewhat scorched fields, their spades slightly out of unison as they sink into the dirt, several of them disabled in one way or another, missing limbs, patchwork eyes. A wooden sign out front of the homestead sways back and forth, awkwardly and defiantly. It's attached to a partially blackened post, with only one chain fastening still intact. It, re it reads, Unani Farms. The town itself seems hollow as you pass by this burnt testament. The people here uh, move around as if they're under some heavy weight. Each step seems to cost so much of themselves. As you pass, commoners' eyes are glued to their feet. They shuffle by you quickly. The sound of hammering planks seem to be all you hear as they echo throughout the street. Several of the buildings seem to be mostly homes, uh, seem to be particularly or partially burnt, uh, just like the farmhouse before. A bulgy dwarf pauses his work on top of a roof as he wipes his brow and looks at your party. Gives a slight nod. Beside him, 
rises a towering man. Brendan, go ahead and describe your character. Uh, what you see standing in front of you is he's uh, he's between seven and eight feet tall, wearing only tan leather pants. They look unreasonably thick, like they came off of something that lived in the coldest environment ever. Um, his torso is war painted, uh, even though it's all faded. You can tell that it was within the last week or so that uh, he came out of somewhere a little wild. There's not a whole lot of interest to him other than that, except that his face is a mask. And what I mean by that is he's wearing a mask and it is sunken into his face. It is, it's replaced his skin. Um, what's left of his scalp, his hair pulled back into a kind of a windswept braid that's knotted at the end with a piece of iron that looks like it'd be hard for any of you to lift it with one hand. Well, last it looks like uh, looks like your giant. Ooh, I would love to meet him. Can we stop? I think this is the end of the lane. And at that point, the cart comes to a halt. The uh, younger man stands up and he says, "All right, uh, welcome to Brambleton, or what's left of it." Uh, what the hell happened at this place? The Empire. I... He kind of looks around. And as as he sort of says that, like it's almost like the town itself flinches. Like, the energy is palpably thick. And he says, A few things left standing. Uh, I think there's a trader from uh, up north somewhere that has made a tentative shop in uh, Town Square. Uh... That dwarf up there, he's a pretty famous carpenter. Uh, I think his name is Luke. Uh, and then there's the water wheels. And as you look over, the water wheels are um, attached to this big sort of granary. And it is pretty heavily guarded. Uh, there are several um, sort of lightly armored uh, men who are either sitting by an entrance or even patrolling the grounds. And then he says, but... You're looking for a place to sleep, or somewhat of a drink. I recommend the watering hole. He points over at a partially marred building that seems to be mostly intact. Um, Flint's gonna get up and hop off the cart and say, "Well, it was a pleasure sharing the road with you. This is my stop." When I hear Lou's name mentioned, you're just gonna see me kind of like nod in approval and say, "Good man. It's a good man." Shadow gets out of the cart and kind of just starts making her way slowly off to the side. Um, oh, I'll get off, too. And I'll watch Shadow, just curiosity, like, the, just wondering why she's alone and, like, and if her eyes are telling of, like, of any kind of, you know, like, darkness inside or, like, if, like, what her deal is. And just kind of, and make sure, she, also making sure she's okay because she is a girl. Or a young, young girl, not just a girl. <laughs> but, yeah. And real quick, um, Roth. I, I don't know if you said your character's name, Brennan, but Roth, you experienced this feeling. Um, 
akin, uh, it's a feeling of this sort of warm sensation where usually you feel pain and burning, but this time it's almost a sharp excitement. It's almost the feeling you felt when you first came to Brambleton times ten, the second you lay eyes on these people. I guess, as a trailing thought then, once I've mentioned that Lou is a good man, I'm going to look at the rest of you and say, and I have a feeling we may be in good company here. And actually walking up past the driver, I'm just going to lean and say, driver, a moment of your time. Yes, yes. Master Dwarf? I'm going to kind of lean in close so hopefully nobody else can hear me and say, uh, I'm looking for a, uh, an artery boss, I believe her name is. Would you know anything of that? I'm, I'm unfamiliar. Uh, best to ask the locals. I only drop off supplies and people. Alright, well, I'll be seeing you around. Thank you again for the raid. Aye. The, um, soldiers around the granary, do they look like Blackreach people? Um, or are they just local? No, you're very familiar with these are, uh, Blackreach, uh, um, Imperials of some sort. They wear a patch of the Union. Uh, but they're definitely affiliated with the Imperial Army. Okay. Shadow moves towards the alley near the tavern that we're by and just kind of slinks into the shadows and hides and peers out. And you definitely see this bow. Should I roll a stealth checker? Sure. Bow, go ahead and roll a perception in opposition. A 12. Nine. Okay. Uh, you see small black-eyed creepy girl disappear into the shadows of the alleyway. Um, Bo will just kind of nod and be like, eh, and then kind of turn uh, my attention around to I uh, could probably have my back to the uh, cart. Um, have they gone? Um, they're going to stay the night. Uh, they have a place here to rest, but they'll leave in the morning. Okay, so they're still just kind of hanging out right there. Uh, they probably both actually headed to the tavern. Okay, so they're not, like, around anymore. Correct. Okay. Um, so if I were to try to get directions, the probably the... I'd probably ask the construction, what seems like the construction workers on the roof. Are they both? Are you both construction? Well, I assumed Groth had hopped down since he was talking to you guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I'll actually freely offer, um, I've, I've only been here about a week, but if you need directions to anything, I, I'm at least familiar with the layout here. Can I hear the conversation from where I'm at? My voice is pretty loud. I can't project and be deep at the same time, but... <laughs> I'm looking for um, Godfrey's watch and specifically looking for a person. I don't know if you know anyone around here. Uh, I know a few people. Who are you looking for? Captain Evan Olson. Is it time for a history roll for Groth? We don't really have, like, local knowledge rules. Um, I will say you are unfamiliar with the name, um, but okay. you are familiar with the place Godfrey's Watch. It's actually a military camp about 
a few hours outside of town, up uh, north. Uh, Godfrey's watch is... It's a whole day's travel to get there and back. Um, probably be best if you hole up here for the night. It's gotten, gotten a little cold around here lately. Seems so. Um, Bo's gonna, like, look toward the sky and just I'm and uh can I see what time of day it is? Is the sun setting? Yeah. It's it's dusk and getting darker. And actually at this point, um, with you in the lead there, Flint, you make your way into the watering hole. Um as you come up to this structure it is sort of a hybrid of patchwork repairs, uh, like a whole new front deck and new doors that seem of artisan craft. Actually, you recognize this immediately to be dwarven work, uh, mixed with some sort of half-elf influences that seem much older, um, and several, or a a corner of the roof is still charred that is of that half-elf architecture. But you push through the plain double doors that lead you into the watering hole, and you enter a very dreary tavern, really matching the um, aesthetic of the entire town. Um, Several tables and chairs are splintered or otherwise enshambled and pushed aside in a corner of the tavern floor, and it creates this awkward, uneven distribution of functional seating. A few groups occupy the seating area, but the majority of patrons seem to sit alone drinking at the bar or in a booth. All of which seem to be focused, however, on a particularly interesting character. A tabaxi woman, frustrated, who seems to be almost shouting at the barkeep. Octavia, go ahead and describe your character. So, my character, um, I guess I'll kind of go from what you see. Um, imagine you walk into this bar and you hear this like sort of uh, frustrated encounter. There's a woman's voice yelling at the barkeep. Or at least, perhaps not yelling but definitely talking angrily at this person about something. But as you walk in and see, you see this tabaxi woman standing there her tail swishing in an agitated manner (laughs) she is clearly not happy Um, she has dark velvety hair covering her body Um, her ears are sort of back um, in a clearly annoyed way Uh, you may notice that her spots she has like spots but it's very very dark it's almost you can't quite differentiate from like just the regular like hair on her um or the regular like color of her dark hair uh so she's like think like leopard like black leopard um but she you know she's like a finely dressed woman um like not i guess finely dressed may be the wrong word uh she's dressed like she's ready for adventuring. She's dressed like uh, in leather boots uh, and like pants, I guess. I don't know. It's I'm, Like 
finely crafted like armor. Yeah, finely that's, crafted. Like yeah. it's it's definitely like you can see like little hints of red jewels on some of her things. Um, just for flavor, I don't imagine they actually are. It's probably some sort of glass, but, um, she, she looks fancy. Like, if you were to walk in on this scene at any other point in time and she wasn't yelling, you may think, wow, that looks like somebody who is probably quite popular. Um, but anyways, back to the actual encounter. Uh, Starlet Moonbow leans forward over the counter and kind of whispers angrily at this barkeep. Uh, does the barkeep have a name, Tanner? Uh, yes. She's identified herself as Mrs. Winthrop. Mrs. Winthrop. Um, so, okay. Star leans in and says, listen here, Winthrop. I need information about Moss, the herbalist. And I need you to give it to me. We had a deal. I win this round of dice, and you give me information. I fucking won. So spit it out. Flint hearing this is going to kind of just edge closer to this conversation. Uh, I would like to walk in like I'm just about a minute after uh, Flint and... Um, yeah, just so I'm here too. Just... Okay. You'll walk in in a moment. Um, you lean in and she says... I'm not falling for your union tricks. If you want Moss so bad, go find her yourself. Star immediately tosses her head back in like a hearty laugh and goes, Ha! Union? As if I would ever stoop so low as to work in a union. I'm a one-woman show because I've never been better than by myself. I would listen to her. Our tale is very poofy. <laughs> Uh, Star whips her head around. She's like, just glaring at you. <laughs> Roll either a persuasion or intimidation. Two. Um, Star. Yeah. Oh. I know these look so goddamn well from our cat. <laughs> I know, I love it. And I'm I like, feel like, oh I'm my describing. god, Viper. <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, Bo and Groth, you both walk in. And Shadow, you've been keeping an eye on him. Is it an open door? Or does it close behind him? It closes behind him. Uh, do you say intimidation or what? Persuasion. Or Probably persuasion. intimidation, I would say. You're kind of taking a hostile approach. Are there any windows? Yeah, there's the a couple you can peer through. I go and look through windows. Is there a way to, like, slide it open just a tiny bit? Roll a side of hand. Okay, so to make that clear, I don't have the option anymore. It's intimidation. Correct. All right. I hate you already. <laughs> 19 on me. Uh, yeah, you easily just sort of get under it and lift the window. Um, I rolled a six. <laughs> she says, you're in Brambleton and you don't think the union is worth your time. You really aren't from around here, are you? Um, Starlet just kind of looks her up and down. It's like, obviously not. Look at how I'm dressed compared to the rest of you heathens. At this point, Bo, you and Groth have walked in, and right behind you, Groth, is Lou. And Lou walks up and he's like, Winthrop! This woman bothering you. 
Can I react to that? Yeah, definitely. Star turns around quickly and walks straight towards this guy. And she goes to, like, reach a hand out close to his face, but doesn't actually touch him. She goes, And what if I am? Are you gonna do something about it? Flynn is gonna capitalize on this distraction and swing himself over to the back of the bar and just start pouring himself a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, You get in the face of this dwarf, and you stand a good foot taller of him at least and he's looking up to you and you've got his hand your hand close to his face and you see this is kind of an aged dwarf and he's starts just sort of slowly rolling up his sleeves and you see they're dirty from hard labor and he says mm, I haven't had to fought anything in quite a while but I suppose <laughs> oh this might be the time and is there looks, anybody is there oh, anybody who's is there any like bard or anything around here anybody playing thick a uh, no bard, eerily silent, okay. actually. <laughs> All right. And he looks back at you, uh, Groth, and he says, "Could use your hand with this one." And meanwhile, as you, um, Flint, are, are tapping a beer, Winthrop turns to you and he's, she's like, "What do you think you're doing?" And uh, she calls out, and she's like, "Hannah, Hannah, I need some help." Go ahead. Um, I think. Uh, sorry to kill a vibe in here, but I mean, you can totally bring this wherever you want to, but Star kind of watches him do this and chuckles to herself, but she crosses her arms instead and she goes, you know, I'd love a good fight, but truly my fight is not with you. I'm not looking to cause trouble in this town. I'm looking for someone that I give a shit about, which unfortunately... I don't really give a shit about any of you. Flint leans over to Winthrop with his mug of beer and says, Hey, I was looking for a little entertainment after the long trip over here. Takes a sip of beer. Um, I think... Sorry, go ahead. While this was happening, um, I definitely made space between all of this shit that's going down and just kind of, like, watching pretty amused, but taking, like, observing in a way that, like, if I to see if I can help or step in if I needed to, to try to prevent a fight from breaking out. But, yeah. I also would like to use the distraction. Is there any food on one of the tables near the window here? That is uh, not being closely watched? Definitely. I would, I would say with this commotion, a lot of the locals have sort of got up and, and stepped closer to uh, the bar and the action. This food's actually probably slightly familiar to you due to your recent companions um you could tell this isn't a lavish place or or maybe they don't have have much in terms of livestock but you see a roasted squirrel uh half eaten unattended right in front of you a uh, barely visible shadowy hand picks it up and floats it out the window to me i think star just kind of she looks at the dwarf again, and she just shakes her head. And she, instead of looking frustrated, I think she just kind of looks sad at this point. And she walks to the nearest table and grabs whoever's beer is there and just pounds it, tosses them a silver, and she goes, None of you are worth a half-eaten rat's ass to me. I just want to find Faya. And she 
makes her way out of the bar unless somebody wants to stop her. Yeah, I'll stop her. I'll I'll just put a hand up as she's walking by me. It's a pretty big hand. Uh, so you know that was that was quite a ruckus you made over there. You must you must be looking for somebody that you really care about. Who is it? Why do you think they're here? I think she gives you sort of a judgmental look just because that's who she is and she says I'm looking for an herbalist her name is Marjorie Moss but none of these fuckheads in here seem to want to give me any information because they're under the notion that I work for their shithead union or something as if I would stoop so low to work for a union. Who needs a fucking union when you're Starlet Moonbow, the greatest warrior that ever walked this side of the fucking continent? And she's like, definitely drunk, like you can hear it now in her voice. And she's like, you know, maybe even getting a little weepy because she's just, you know, her big intimidation thing didn't work. And these people don't know who she is, but she's kind of exasperated by that. Like, how the fuck yeah. did you not know who I am? I think Rob is going to shrug as you say your name. I haven't heard of you, but uh, maybe I can help you track down this Marjorie. Star, um, I guess, I don't know, is there like a different place where there's an inn, or is there an inn like maybe outside and upstairs or something? like? Um, this is the only inn in the small town. Um, is it, I mean, would it be not safe to say that I already have a room there. Like, cause I kind of assumed that I had kind of been here. I've probably been badgering these people for a few days about information. Yeah. I'll say you have a room here. You probably wore down, uh, Marjorie or not Marjorie. Um, uh, Mrs. Winthrop, Winthrop, Winthrop over a couple of days to do that dice roll anyway. And, uh, yeah, we'll say you have a room here. Okay. Um, probably been here she... only for about a night though. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I wasn't assuming that it's, I've been really doing much, but I think she's, as she's on her way out, she goes to walk past um, the giant and she gives him one last look over her shoulder and she says, room three, but don't expect anything from me. I don't go for your kind. And she trots her way up the stairs to her room. Tail still swishing, ears back. Sorry. Uh, she's saying that to Croth? What I'm trying to get across is that she thinks that it's impossible for anyone to, like, not think that she's hot in the absolute shit. So she just portrays herself that way. She assumes that, like, most people, if they want to help her, they also want something from her. And <laughs> yeah, like she she thinks she's very beautiful. Um, but like she's basically she's like, I'm not a whore <laughs> and I will not provide you any services. Like and if you try, I'll cut your fucking hands off. But <laughs> anyway, that's for you to find out later if anyone ever tries that shit, or you know, maybe not you guys, but somebody else. So, yeah, she <laughs> she says Room three. Don't bother me until noon tomorrow. And heads up. Of course. If I bother you at all. It will be afternoon tomorrow. 
uh, Flint's gonna lean over back to Winthrop and just like drop a silver on the bar for the beer and stuff. And just say, why don't you just tell her where Moss is? It seems like that would get rid of her. Roll a persuasion check. I'm gonna walk up into three. Black for a beer as he's having this conversation. Um, she nods and behind her, uh, this halfling uh, with strawberry blonde hair that's tied back um, uh, finally comes by and she says, Hannah, Hannah, where have you been? Get across the beer, please. He's like, yes, sorry, Mrs. Winthrop. And she turns to you, um, Flint, and she says, Look, the only other dwarf I know I trust deep, so I'll give you the benefit of a doubt. That being said, there are a lot of people coming in looking for sympathizers or resistors to the Empire. And whether I know or not where Moss is, I'm not going to tell anybody where someone from my town is. Understand? I... I'm gonna finish my beer and walk back around to the other side of the bar. Did, um... Uh, Starlet go upstairs or outside? Both, I think. I think, uh, I guess, I don't know. I'll say for like, story's sake. For now, she's probably leaning up against the post that is, like, on on the stairs that lead up to, like, where the rooms are. Um, smoking some sort of cigarette or a pipe or something. And looking, like, okay. dreamily off um, into the stars. But, like, she just looks sad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna head upstairs by myself and and yeah, that's all I really want to do for now. The fuck you are. As you sort of walk that way, you get only a couple steps past the front of the bar before you feel a stubby hand grab your shoulder and he says, Stone brother. Should I drink with an old dwarf? I. Uh. Yeah, I guess I'll just yeah, I'll go sit at the bar with him or whatever he's doing. And he. Uh, Hannah comes over to you with a. Tall local uh, buckwheat brew uh, puts it in front of you, Groth, and then brings a bottle of uh, whiskey to uh, um, Lou. And he he goes, two glasses tonight, Hannah. And she grabs two and clink, clink, puts it around. And she's like, he's, he uh, flips her silver and he's like, how have the, uh, the work in the uh, kitchen been holding up for you, Hannah? She's like, it's been doing fine. Thank you, Louie. Yeah. Uh, Perfect work, as always. Nice to hear, too. And she goes about. All right, um... <clears throat> Mountain Brother, what are you... What are you doing? What are you doing in Brambleton? It's unlike, uh... Unlike the, I don't know, current population to see another dwarf here. I... Came down from Grimholt about 50 years ago. Hmm. Fell in love with the place. Nice little town. What is your business here in Brompton? Uh, at the moment, just uh, just passing through. He's folk you're with. Uh, 
strange lot. You know that, uh, that tabaxi woman? No, I just, I came in on the wagon. I don't actually know these people. Alright. I'm probably better off for it. What was your name? Uh, Flint. Flint, Flint Oakenfist. Nice to meet you, I- Lou. Call me Louie. Flint, and he grips your hand really tight. These people here have been through a lot. The Empire has put them through a lot. Look around at the destruction of the bar. Nod. You don't even know the half. Keep your nose clean. Don't talk to anyone from the Union. Clean as a whistle. And he nods and sort of dismisses you. Cheers. Clink. Um, I'm going to tap you on the shoulder. Because I, I assume I was sitting just a seat or two over. Probably two seats. I, I imagine I'd take up two by myself. He's um, going to tap you on the shoulder and say, If Louis thinks you're alright, then I think you're alright. You need any uh, weapons, armor repaired, made, things like that, stop by his workshop. I might take you up on that. Name's Groth. Just walk in and yell for me. I'll, uh, have to meet you shortly. Groth, how did you get so bloody big? Born this way. I, um, <laughs> came up pounding armor with my dad, and I just never stopped pounding armor. Wish I could have been born that big. No, go ahead. I just wonder if I can hear them from where I'm at. Uh, I think it's a little difficult to hear out the window. Uh, roll a perception. Can I also roll a perception if, um, I was just kind of standing there watching this commotion, but I also wanted to know if I saw the, uh, meat go flying out the window. <laughs> sure. 19. You could probably hear Bar Groth over a small bar crowd at the 19. Yeah. I would say you could pretty much pick their conversation. Okay. I got a 22. Yeah, you definitely, in that commotion, you were able to see this piece of meat picked up by some shadowy presence and <laughs> flung out the window. <laughs> this is a very interesting place. <laughs> oh. What are y'all doing? I guess I'm going to... My final answer to um to Flint. Well, if you want to be really big, you kind of have to be born where it's very, very cold. Lots of body heat means you know a few extra seconds there. Crap knocks. No kidding, I heard the cold kind of shrinks you, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> you just you borrow skin cold, from elsewhere. You gotta be tough. <laughs> I didn't actually say that, by the way. I'm gonna get food from the bar. Two plates. Okay, uh, you go up and ask what the menu is, and, and Hannah, this young halfling, says, uh, I think all we're offering tonight is going to be roasted squirrel, unfortunately. That's all right. Uh, I'll get two. Uh, that'll be uh, two silver, please. Um, did we start with money? Uh, you should have a little bit. Yeah, no, I definitely should. Three gold if you have nothing. Okay. Would all of us have three gold? Not you. 
<laughs> you, homeless, you have nothing. You homeless child. You will learn the capitalism way hard and fast. <laughs> Sorry. Also, Gary, I wasn't. You paid silver for your ride. You owe me. I wasn't That's trying true. to um, end your conversation. I was trying to like slip into the bar so you could finish your interaction, not just like barge over and get the food. But that's what happened. So. I mean, I no. was, that was done. Okay. Yeah, I was done. Okay. Hannah comes back out from the kitchen and hands you two skewers of roasted squirrel that are lukewarm. Okay. Um. I'm gonna take them and I'm gonna like walk up to the window and like lean out playfully and like catch um wait did did you say your name? Shadow? Did she ever say I don't think I ever said my name. I don't think you did either. Okay, I don't think so either. Um and I'm gonna be like Boo and then like with a smile at you and then like quickly pull up boots. It's not like I'm being really fucking weird. Gotcha, kid. Gotcha. I, I kind of jump and then I giggle and I'm like, you're good at hide and seek. I've been you're told. Me, are you offering me food? <laughs> yeah, I got you a plate. She kind of shoves the half-eaten squirrel that she has in her pocket and then grabs the <laughs> one you're offering her. <laughs> this one's a bit warmer, a little nicer. Quite tender. Less less half-eaten. Less full, <laughs> not even a little bit eaten yet. I took a little nibble. Oops. No, just kidding. (laughs) I'm a squirrel half bull kind of guy myself. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. What are the rest of you doing? Just continuing to drink down my beer and watch the out-of-town circus roll through. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, I'm gonna squat by the window and like put my plate on the windowsill and kind of squat and eat with her. You're really nice. Thank you. Um, I think you are too. I actually was wondering if you need help if you're stealing. What's stealing? Taking without permission, and I'm gonna gesture like at your pocket. Oh, no one was eating it. I guess to the salt mines. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. Should we help that lady? She seemed frustrated. Hmm. Maybe we should let her cool off. Sometimes it just takes time to feel better. Do I hear this? Maybe the innkeeper will tell me about this. Did she, did she say moss? I mean, I guess you never know. Roll a perception, Brennan. On that note, too, I'm going to be wrapping up my conversation with Lou, Louie, and uh, heading upstairs. I rolled a six. Ah, uh, yes. The famous Brendan perception roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're sunken in your beer. And happy about it. I'm you, also have, like, you must not... be drinking like a pitcher, like a beer, like that's the size of a mug. <laughs> it looks like those tiny sprite cans we get that Tanner always holds. Like they're normal size. I just have very big hands. <laughs> like Andre the Giant drinking 110. Oh thank God. you. <laughs> that's what he <laughs> always <you>. says. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Finally, somebody gets that, me. That is that is just that is a feat of human strength if I've ever really. Heard. I think he uses hands. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's 
stupid. <laughs> um, I guess before everyone like goes to bed and stuff, like I, you guys can do all your stuff first. But I do have one more thing I want to at least see if I can do. It's only like seven o'clock. Um, I pretty much wrapping up what I'm doing. I just wanted to um try to pay for a room for her. Um, and in my inventory it says I have fifteen gold. Is that okay? If it already says that. Or should I start with three only? I have 15, but only because it's part of my criminal background thing. So there might be a background reason why you have more I think more that's the only normal. reason I would have that much, because I think it's like part of a pack or something. Mm. It's fine. I'm not going to worry too much okay. about it right now. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's kind of just the end of my kind of interaction here, is just wanting to get make sure she's safe and has a room in its bed. And uh, you go back up to the barkeep. Uh Winthrop and she comes by and you ask her for two rooms and she says it'll be five silver uh, a night for the room or two gold if you want to pay for the weekend two gold each um, and five silver each I I, I just want to pay um, can I pay a week out for her and like just pay day to day for me She's also a child. You might be able to share a room. No, that's creepy. I don't want to do that. Is it? She's out in the middle of fucking nowhere. I don't think it's that creepy. Well, Ayla's character is like a man as well. This is... So, I mean, I, I can understand. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like around. that'd be like inappropriate. I just feel I'm weird. just saying it's medieval. I don't know, Tanner, about your world, but medieval fantasy times, people were marrying like 10 year olds. So I don't think anybody would look at you twice, even though it's fucked up. I don't care. Like... I'd, I want to make sure that. You know, I, I want her to feel safe, and I don't know if she'd feel safe sharing a room with me. And I, so I'll just get rooms close, like next to each other or something, and be like, if you ever need me, I'm right here. But, um, create space. I don't know. Also, I wanted to clarify I'm not going upstairs to go to bed. I'm going upstairs to look around. Sure. Anyway. When, uh, Bo moves away from the window, I'm going to kind of scurry around to the front door, and I'm going to throw it open and be like, help! Help! Somebody help me! Roll a performance check. Is that like while I'm walking to the desk or something? Probably. I'm gonna whip around and be like, what the fuck? Man, I I rolled bad. Uh, It's a 12. A 12, okay. Uh, Yeah, uh, the dwarf Lou stands up and he says, Child, child, what is it? My mama, she's she's sick. She couldn't make it all the way here. She was looking for someone, an herbalist. <laughs> we don't have an herbalist here, child. How sick is your mama? Oh, I don't know. She could barely move. Mm-hmm. Where we were, is she? She's out in the woods. You don't know this herbalist? She said their name was something Moss? Roll a deception check. Nice. He gets down on his knee and he says, My child, Moss is dead. And he pops open his satchel and, like, he opens up and he pulls out this old, like, almost like viscous red potion. And he says, Had this for a long time for emergencies, but run back and give this to your mother. Oh, thank you, mister. 
I'll grab it and scurry outside. He gets up just kind of slowly. He's like, Ugh. Goes back, sits down, tosses back a whiskey. Um, I'll just be like, kind of flabbergasted, be like, what? <laughs> like, did not realize she had cap was capable of something like that, and think and just be like, well, shit, and then to keep turning around and um, just asking, what's her name, Hannah? Yep. To keep an eye on her, and that I'd like to pay for a room if, you know, in case she has nowhere else to go. Um, I think she's going back to her mother's house. True, but I she said she was in the woods. I just want to make sure she's okay. She was alone when I saw her, so I just want to make sure if she's got nowhere else to go, she's got somewhere to come back to. You never know uh, with illnesses. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, I'll keep an eye on her. Yeah. Just then you hear in your head, uh, Bo. How was that? I found out where Moss was. The guy said she was dead. <laughs> <laughs> I love your character so much. Oh my god. <laughs> so optimistic. Um, You're killing the voice, by the way. It's yeah, great. it's great. Oh god. Um, can I respond? Do I know if I can respond? You could try to. I'll try to say something ahead and be like, you've got talent. <laughs> and then I'll finish paying and go outside where she is and... Um, let anyone do what they need to be doing too. Um, I guess if we're kind of in an in-between, uh, I think in between people coming and going from the bar, I think uh, Star wants to slip away. Um, like, so while nobody's out there to, like, perceive her leaving, she wants to stealth off into the darkness and she's looking for Anyone wandering around outside being suspicious, mostly, like, um, she wants to kind of eavesdrop on any conversations that may be going on. She's specifically looking for someone who may be part of the union. And maybe having a conversation a little too loudly for her delicate okay. ears to pick up. Starlet, you exit the tavern, uh... Unfortunately, I think it's kind of unavoidable that a couple people glance at you as you leave, not only because of your very exotic race, but also the scene that happened before. But you leave the tavern, and it's about 7.30 at night, maybe 8, and it's it's dark. Um, roll a stealth check as you try to slip into the shadows. Uh, how's a 27 hit ya? Pretty good. <laughs> You blend into the shadows, and I'll say this takes place over a couple hours, but I'm going to sort of feed you the information bit by bit. Go ahead and roll a perception check. Uh, 22. Okay. okay. The first thing you hear is... A conversation between what seems to be two of the stable hands that are coming home. They actually walk past the inn. Don't seem to be going there. Um, they're covered in muck. Uh, look tired, and they're having a conversation. And one of them says, 
You hear about old Wes's place on the Tybalt? No. What happened? It was ambushed. Then goblins slaughtered him. He slumped over. They ransacked his stuff. Apparently his son, little Wesley Jr., he, uh, he found his dad. Ran to the town. My god. I know. Goblins of all things. Doubt Blackreach is gonna do anything about them. <laughs> Likely join the goblins. Slit all their throats in the middle of the night, and they both just <laughs> share a chuckle as they continue on into the night. Before you learn any more, we're gonna go back to the bar. Anybody else want to do anything? Where was that? Outside, you did not hear that. She's, uh, outside. Um, yeah. Okay. But she's, uh, she's, well, I slipped correct away. me if I'm wrong, Shadow, but you're... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Wait, sh Correct me if I'm wrong, Shadow, but you're just I probably staying back to the near the bar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I, I imagine this was a decent amount away from the bar. Okay. Yeah. I also I didn't mean for it to be like, I wasn't leaving right then. It was sort of like, you know, at some time in between my last conversation with uh, the giant and I guess when Shadow like exited like was when I left. But yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. Well, that that's what I'm saying. That's about the time. I'm saying like you left after Shadow left mm -hmm. and then this will go forward for next okay. like hour gotcha, or so. Gotcha. Um, heading upstairs, uh, assuming that I heard, um, overheard, uh, the backseat talking about how she was in real to see if it's unlocked or not. Did it unlock to backseat? I wouldn't imagine so. Okay. Nope. Do the no doors lock? Raids, yeah, okay. okay, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> panties raid. No panties panty raid. You got one multiple. You only get one panty raid. Eyes makeup. Eyes <laughs> makeup. You could do either a ten person or a twenty five person. Bro, I'm gonna do a beat the shit out of person if you don't. If you go into my room, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> um, it is locked as you try the handle. It is locked. Yep. Okay. Um, do I feel like I could? Is it like a sturdy door? Can I do? I feel like I could pry it open with like with a crowbar or something without anybody hearing, or would that be loud? Probably be pretty loud, but. It's Over not necessarily stu sturdy either. It would be a risk. Um, did I notice windows outside? Um, like the, there were probably like the windows on the second floor. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna skirt back around to the front and see if I can climb the window that can be opened. Roll an athletics and shadow roll of perception. <clears throat> Will you describe how this is kind of set up again? How the it's is it stairs sure. on the outside like that go up to a, a separate um no so on the inside you have the tavern floor that is scattered and disorganized there's a bar where there are a couple tapped kegs behind and then there's a back room that hannah's been going in and out that presumably leads to a kitchen storeroom things like that um there's an outside outhouse out back uh that there's a single door that leads there and then there's a staircase that wraps around a big uh uh, support beam that goes upstairs from the inside and then the upstairs of course encompasses just another floor um and going up there if you do uh since you have a room it's just rows of rooms arranged 
any... And I, oh. Sorry, I was messaging you from outside. That You're still inside, right, Ayla? Uh, I came out after I uh, purchased our rooms. I came out after you messaged me um, outside with you. So. Alright, so currently Bo's out here with me? Yeah. Okay, so both of you roll perception. Okay, um, there's no balcony or anything like that? No balcony, but there's a slanted roof that connects just under the windows to the second floor. I got 16. What'd you get, Bo? Eight. And, uh, Flint, are you trying to do the stealthily? I got a, well, I got a 12 for perception. Do the windows open from the outside? Um, or yeah, do they open? You get a sense you could possibly open one, yeah. Okay. Um, I have climbing pittance. Does that give me, like, advantage, or how does that even work? It'll get you advantage, but I think it'll make it so you can't really... Yeah, no, that's fine. It'll give you advantage. Okay. And do I do I get the sense that I could do this without really anybody, like, immediately seeing me? Because it's, it's dark right now. It is dark, so I will give you an advantage on your stealth. Uh, it's probably actually dimly lit around the... That's fine. Um, around the entrance of the tavern. Okay. Um... Yeah, sure. Fuck it. I'll try to climb. So, we'll do stealth Athletics, first. go ahead and do... Yeah. Yeah, advantage. with advantage on that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, 11 and 12. Um, so 13. It's not too hard. <clears throat> you get up okay. pretty quickly. Um, I would say that, Shadow, you hear this around the corner. Do you hear that? Hear what? Someone's making noise farther in. Um, I'd be like, you should leave people to their privacy. <laughs> just like, uh, 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 sound. I'm just gonna ignore that and try to not. Ah, darn, fuck. <laughs> Bloody bitten, fuck. It sounds like something clanging against the stone. Maybe someone else wants to play with us. Maybe they're playing hide-and-seek, too. I don't think a lot of other people are going to be playing hide-and-seek around here. I just kind of shrug and continue sitting there. <laughs> okay. Flint, you make your way up the roof towards the window, and you go to push it open. Um, it's... I would say it's, it's... It's locked with a very rudimentary lock. You get the sense you could probably easy, easily force it open. Sure. Roll another athletics. Okay. Two. Yeah, alright. So, how do I fall to my death? Is it a one? Yeah, it was a one. <laughs> You're gonna fall to your death on like a maybe seven foot tall like staircase. <laughs> You've been drinking vodka and whiskey all night. You <laughs> go to push it open and you break the window. Oh, that's that's okay. I was th almost thinking about just doing that anyway. Okay, well, you I'm gonna reach through and unlock. hear that, though, right? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, you guys yeah. are... Psh! Fuck! I don't... I think that she's too curious. Shadow will jump up and kind of run around the corner. I'll follow, because I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Can I move quickly enough to get inside before they see me? Before a little girl <laughs> rounds... runs around the corner. Um... Both of you roll dexterity checks. We'll see how fast you move. 
Just dexterity. No bonus. Blasted 20. Damn. So just just roll and then whatever is on the dice. Seven. Yeah. Well, and plus your dexterity modifier. Oh. Uh. Oh. Six. <laughs> okay. Uh, what'd you get, Flint? Oh, I was supposed to roll that too. Yeah. It's to sure, see if yeah. you can get in faster than. Gotcha. Uh, six. <laughs> okay. So rolling off sixes, I feel like. So you've broken that window and you're trying to get in as fast as you can. It's an old window and it's like catching on the um on the path. Bloody shoddy craftsmanship. Fuck. <laughs> and you pop out, Shadow, and see this dwarf trying to break and enter. Not that you know what that is, but uh, on top of this uh, slanted sort of uh, not roof, but a uh, uh, awning. And quickly behind is uh, you, uh, Bo. Do I, like, see or hear them approach? Yeah, you you definitely hear Bo approach. Okay. When I see him, you just kind of hear in your head, We found you! Are you playing <laughs> hide-and-seek too? Yes, and apparently I'm not very good at it. <laughs> uh, you sing that I'm just, out loud. Yeah, I'm going I'm, I'm yeah, to kind of, like, just swing my arm down and just kind of, like, look at them and just say, uh, Did anyone else hear that, do you think? Uh, Can I roll a perception and, like, look around? Sure. I'll give you disadvantage because a lot of it's darkness outside of this balcony. But you guys I are have dark alone vision on the balcony. Also, though, that gives you that means you can roll with disadvantage. If you don't have dark vision, can't even roll. Oh, I roll with disadvantage. Yeah. So oh like boy. The, like. <laughs> Goddamn, it was a five. But... Uh, in the immediate area, you're clear. If anybody heard it in the darkness. You don't know. It's it's like a wall of shadow, ironically. I'll shrug. Just like the most insincere answer to that question. But do you want us to help you? Yes, Lost. That would be lovely. Uh, why don't you just stand guard? Do you, do you do you know what that means? Yeah, I can pretend to be a soldier, and I kind of turn and salute. And- lovely. Kill him and I will be good guards. I appreciate it. Um, do I know whose room this might be, or...? No. I mean, you can draw your own conclusions as a player and a character, but you have no definitive answer. Meanwhile, Groth, what are you doing? I'm looking at Lou, who I assume is sat back down at the bar, right? Correct. You know why? I, uh, I think that little girl may have swindled you. What are you talking about, big one? Swindled me? Her mother was sick. Yeah, she didn't look like she was in much of a hurry when she first came into town. Shopped off that wagon and disappeared for a little bit. What? Oh, shit. Uh, sorry. My She's brother gave me that potion. I understand. This is this is a transit town. It's hard to assimilate with cultures from places unknown. Quite frankly, we've been through a lot worse lately. We have than a child getting a healing potion. I could think of worse hands it could get into. Well, 
Got some, uh, got some structural brackets made. I'm gonna head back to the workshop and hammer out a few more, uh, a few more local pieces of armor for patrons here, residents of the town, before I get back on that quota to meet tomorrow. Careful with yourself, Groth. Something's in the air tonight, and I don't like it. Agreed. It's a good night to be armored. I haven't felt this way in a while. The last time I did, it turned out poorly for a lot of people. Felt that way for an entire week, ever since I showed up here. I think it might, uh... Might trust your gut on that one, Lou. Aye. Take care of yourself, big man. You too. You wearing the good stuff? Stuff I made for Aye. Ah, uh, good. Lifts up his shirt and says, clink, clink, clink. Heavy as hell, but could stop a raging orc. Perfect. I'm gonna head out back to my, uh, back to my workshop. Uh, which speaking of, what kind of potion was that that I got? Potion and cure wounds. Um. Star, you are continuing further on in the darkness. Eavesdropping on conversation here, conversation there. Trying to, just trying to sort of actually measure what's worth your time. And looking for any nefarious characters or people being overall sketchy. And you do end up finding something. You find this human walking through town square bottle of whiskey in his hand just full force tipping it back bottom to the sky chugging and he seems incredibly intoxicated he slips and falls and he's approaching this place you actually haven't been in in town yet it is this sort of center where there's like a a, a stone base and a bunch of rubble there's maybe two um Mar not marbled, but chiseled feet that go up half a foot and another foot before they're cut off by whatever had destroyed this statue. And there's all sorts of flower arrangements of yellow and red around, and there's actually a candlelight vigil around the center. Um, and this drunk man stumbles into and knocks over one of the candles and puts it out, and he's, he's like, they slaughtered them. Butchered them like pigs. And he gets up out of the dirt, and he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <gasps> the Hawaii. The twin. I'm sorry. Sorry, the... What was the first word before the twins? The Huani. Okay. Continue. And he just... He's sobbing. He's just inconsolable, going, uh, switching between letting out wails of emotional pain and throwing back more whiskey. Um, wood? It's uh, probably far-fetched, so I totally understand if you say no. But, by chance, is there anyone from the bar, like, specifically people that um, do live there more respected people um, do I happen to see them or you know 
not like close enough for them to hear it, obviously, but like, uh, maybe close enough for me to see them anyway. Um, actually, at this point, I'd say you probably see pretty close to you, but I doubt he sees you. You see Groff heading back to his workshop. Um, I want to try to slip away from this drunk guy, like, unnoticed and catch up with the giant. Uh, you do so easily enough. Um, okay. I, so I imagine I, like, pop up from, I don't know, a bush and probably scare you a little bit. And, uh, I look different than earlier. Let's go ahead. That was it. Okay. <laughs> Excellent roleplay. <laughs> Standing up. <there. laughs> Everyone get up. <laughs> so, uh, I... I look a little different than earlier, like, more focused, like, um, my eyes are more, like, slits rather than, uh, like, you know, wider. They're not, like, they're, they're... Dilated? Yeah, they're... I don't know. There's a look of, like... Are they big or small? Your mom. Um, <laughs> She's got them. Actually pretty yep, small. Exactly. You got True. it. Uh, no, I, they're... Like thin yeah, little Yeah, they're, like, slits. thin little slits because she's, like... She's... I don't really know how to even describe it. She looks like she is... Trying to figure something out. Like, she... She looks very alert. Um, and... She pops up in front of you and says... I need your help. I guess my only reaction would be... My... My... Masked face pulls back a little bit. Other than that, uh, all you can tell is that my face is still a mask. Wow. Okay. What do you need my help with? Well, contrary to popular belief around this town, I actually don't wish to see the people here being tormented. So, I've been doing some lurking, uh in the night, and I have stumbled across somebody who I believe may be working for the Union, and I would like you to help me deliver them to the bar. Deliver them to the bar? Yes, so I can prove myself to be not an ally of these dimwits. If you're saying what I think you're saying this will need to happen at night is it not night now big one it is well he's slurring drunk in the center of town right now so <laughs> will you help me or not my my quite bold of you to come out to me like this um I I will help you but it can't be known that I did Star like she pinches her brow and she's like I I don't understand I you seem like someone that the people here care about why how, they're not going to believe me if it's just me. 
they don't even like me. How They're going to think I'm in allegiance with this guy. I need you to be my backup. They care about me because I keep my head down. I, I agree with what you're doing here. I align with your views. But they like me because what I do is walk into my workshop and pound fucking armor for them all day long. And I keep the Empire off their back by continuing to fill their conscription order. If I don't meet that quota, or if the Empire thinks that I've turned on them, who knows what kind of havoc it could wreak here. She lets out a long, exasperated sigh. Ugh. You noble people, whatever, I don't know. How could you not want to be a hero to these people? It's what I would do if they liked me, but sometimes I'm a bitch, so not everyone likes me right off the bat. Do you think that I maybe no your dwarf friend that wanted to fist fight me in the bar would maybe help me instead? His word would go for more than mine, and I believe that he would. I'll hope you deliver him. But Lou will be the one that shows his face upon delivery. Fine, fine. I'll drop him at the door and then return to my work. Alright, well... Let's get on with it then. I do want to sleep at some point tonight. Alright, I will I will follow wherever you're leading. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. You guys walk closer to this town center and to be fair this area seemed pretty mysterious to you so far Groth um, it's obviously something revered by the people in this town you've seen them place flowers you've seen people come weep pray things like that and you've asked about it but pretty much the only response you've gotten from Lou has been ask me when I'm drunk um that being said, go ahead and roll a history check. When you said potion of cure wounds, did you mean potion of healing? Yeah, I've been listening to Pathfinder podcast. <laughs> <laughs> potion of that is a wounds. ten. Is it ten? Yeah. You don't know of this gentleman uh, <clears throat> who's sobbing, but you have seen him before. You saw him enter into the watering hole one night and promptly get kicked out swiftly by Mrs. Winthrop. So I know he's not welcome there. Correct. Um, I'm going to tell Charlotte I will I'll go secure the car human cargo um you tell Lou that I need to talk to him outside that we need to meet in the shadows around the corner star gives a swift nod and she before she goes she like very quickly um before you have a lot of time to react she gets really close to you and like grabs your chin and she says do not let me down giant I need this and she runs away really fast I'm tall. I lift things high and I let them down. I put in roofs here. That's why they like me. 
<laughs> She's already scampering off. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> the other three of you, what are you guys up to? Um, I want to walk something back a little bit. Instead of asking uh, Shadow to stand guard, I'm just going to say, uh, "Well, you found me. If you can find me again, I'll give you a, I'll give you a gold piece. How about that?" I'm going to go hide in this room. <laughs> okay. I'll turn to uh, Bo and be like, He wants me to follow him. Can you lift me up? I was also suggesting you could just go back inside and, like, I'd unlock the door for you or something. But it's up to you. I... think there's a lot that you don't know, but you shouldn't be going into other people's rooms, and neither should he. Shut up, Nark. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a game. <laughs> D's a bird. <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't know. I'm not waiting, by the way. I'm opening the window and climbing in. Okay. okay. You open it up and climb in. Uh, what are the other two of you doing? Um, I don't think I can stop either of you from entering someone's room without permission, but I'm not helping. I would advise that you don't. Okay. Uh, alright, well, I guess I better start counting. And I start counting to ten. <laughs> She's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, yeah, after I climb in, uh, I basically just want to take a, a look around the room and see if I can find any, like, notes or anything that the Baxi woman had on her inquest, or, yeah, her inquisition into Marjorie Moss's whereabouts. Okay, roll a perception. Uh, 19. Say before you answer that I, I'm not gonna say that there's no notes in there, but... That's okay. I mean, like you can you can totally say that. No, no. Well, actually, before yeah, before we get into this, Octavia, with a nineteen, what does he see? Okay, yeah. There cool. you go. Um, with a nineteen, you see spread out on the bed is a bunch of uh, just random clothing items. Um, perhaps also some drawings of uh, like a satyr woman um some of them are faces some of them are probably more private <laughs> that uh i was gonna say they're not like they're not like composite sketches of a suspect they're like no yeah they're 100 percent. like i'm drawing noobs because i miss her <laughs> okay i'm gonna i'm gonna find one of the more racy ones and i swear it. to god <laughs> <laughs> um but like you know okay real quick I've played a lot of D&D, but I've never had a character steal porn from another one. Yeah, I literally, well, if I, I ever find out, list. you were you so did dead. it, Tanner. Check. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, like, I, I draw her, and she is, she's a very beautiful woman. Like, she is, uh, shorter, she's very curvy, um, she has this long flowing hair. I'm sh I don't imagine I would have used any colors, so you probably wouldn't be able to tell what color her hair was, but it's it. I mean, you could probably draw that it's lighter because it's not colored in. Um, but yeah, she's got these like kind of curly like horns that go up just a little bit, and um, 
she's in all of the pictures she's draw or she's like laughing and she has this like really beautiful like smile and you could tell that like you know whoever starlight who <laughs> drew this photo really just has taken the time to admire this person um right and i think amongst that you may find uh like i'm sure you find like on the pages it says faya um and stuff like i don't know it says little like love poems or like I miss you, where are you? Like, just, you know, notes to this person. And, um... <laughs> I'm just sitting there, whale, whale. <laughs> whale, whale. <laughs> oh, God. My poor Vian. Um, <laughs> so, that and, um... Amongst other things, I think you... Maybe find... Like scribbled on like a paper on like a desk is like find marjorie moss um and you know things like herbalist and uh the town name and i think you may even see like i don't know because she she journals to herself so uh but like most of her items are like with her like her journal she keeps it with her but um she's right. still she obviously she has lots of paper she scribbles everywhere so she's like uh, written on there, it's like, I don't know what this has to do with Faya, but it better fucking help. And, uh, that's, I think that's probably what you would see in there. Okay. After about um, ten seconds, I try to climb up. Does acrobatics work? I rolled acrobatics. Sure. I got a twenty for that. You climb up very easily. Windows open. Well, you didn't hide very well. You're still right here. <laughs> You're too quick for me, lass. <laughs> looks like you win. You also told me where you were going. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, yeah, just reach out and help her into the window if she needs it. I'll take his hand. Uh, you said you were gonna give me a prize? Yeah, is it, just out of curiosity, just because this would be a good time to ask you that. Is your skin, like, cold or anything, or do you feel like normal? I feel normal. I mean, okay. besides being outside in the cold. Right. You're gonna pull a Jamie Lan uh, Lannister and just throw her back out the window? <laughs> you out the window. <laughs> I'm not giving you anything. Things I do for love. <laughs> <laughs> the first uh, time he ever saw a picture um, of this woman. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> She's alluring. Well, Flint Oakenfist is nothing if not a man of his worth. And I'm gonna give her a gold piece. Um... And at this point, um, Bo, you are... Did you want to do something? Sorry. Yeah. Um, when I see her, like, slip through the window, I'm just going to turn bright red and just kind of walk away. Because I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? I don't want to be part of this. And this has gone real weird. So, like, uh, I don't want to be caught, like, you know, being part of breaking into someone's room. So sure. I'll go back wanna, in I... the tavern. Yeah, at this point, too, I'm just gonna I'm just going to take Shadow's hand and go unlock the door and leave. And then you just walk downstairs. You're leaving it like right. ransacked like that? Do you leave the door open? Or? I didn't really, I didn't really ransack anything. I just, I probably figured out there's not much to find here. I third, I searched it thoroughly, but I wasn't like tossing a room. I don't want it to make it look like anybody was actually in here. Except for a broken ass window. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's still a new now. Kiss stupid kids, throwing rocks and shit. Um, Bo, you come back in, grab a seat, and pretty soon after, you see. Um, Flint and uh, Shadow walk down. And about this time, Groth 
enters, or I'm sorry, not Groth. Um, Starlight enters the re-enters the bar. Um, I thought the oh no the the guy is still there, right? The other door. I think my understanding was Groth went to get the guy, and you, yeah, went to tell uh, Louis to meet him. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was I was wondering if Louis was still there. I kind of. For some reason, I thought he had left the bar to go home. But no, that was just... He's an alcoholic. Louis don't leave the bar. (laughs) Uh, Fair enough. Um, She strides up to him, and she sits down across from him, and she looks him straight in the eyes, and she says, I apologize for my actions earlier, but I think you really need to come and see this. Groth says that he wishes to meet with you in the shadows. around the corner. He looks you up and down and he shoots his whiskey and says, If you're planning on punching me in the back of the head, I must warn you, I've got a thick skull. Gets up, jumps off the bar stool. I think before he... Um, do I, do I hear this? Yeah, you guys are all pretty close. Okay, cool. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ask him, uh, brother, you want some, you want some backup? Could always use more doors. Um. I'm gonna grab a couple shots of whiskey and walk out of the bar. I would like to say before you guys like head out, before he even jumps up, she like she keeps eye contact with him and she like offers him like her hand and she's like scouts honor. I don't play dirty. <laughs> he cracks his neck and says, I don't know what that means and takes your arm and leaps out. All right. Then I I think I'm just um, gonna keep watch instead of like going around with them. Sure. You okay? So you keep watch, um, and meanwhile the rest. Of, uh, is anybody else going or just Flint and I would, the dwarf? I would follow behind him, and if I passed Bo, I'd probably tug on Bo and say, "Come on, we're going after them." I I would definitely try and not make this be a whole party thing because I'm trying to respect <laughs> Groth's wishes to not be like it. Have it be known. Like I know you guys aren't people of the city or of the town, but I think she's she uh she if you guys are going, she tries to stop you. Like and not like in an aggressive way. She just like she puts her hands up and, or maybe for Well here, yeah, um if I if she's tugging at me, I'll tug back at her and be like, you should stay with here with me, not get wrapped up with him. He's not doing the right thing. I'm gonna kind of yeah. I'll, I'll motion to like Shadow too. Like it's okay. You can hang back if you want. Should we not tell her? Um. The, I don't know. Did, did she hear that? I don't know. If she knew did. that. I think I'm probably. I'm just hyper focused. Like I, I'm probably not paying any attention to you guys at all. I'm just making sure that nobody is coming to bother these people while things are getting done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually, if if Flint heard that, he is going to hang back because that piques his interest a little bit more than what's going on out there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hang back and go sit down with Shadow and uh, Bo. You're a hard dwarf to read, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, quite inebriated. Pussy <laughs> <laughs> punches him in the back of the head. <laughs> yeah. She said that she um, wouldn't okay, do that. Just, I never just yell if you get in trouble. Um, okay, so you lead Louie out, and you tell him to go around the alley, and you're keeping watch. Go ahead and roll a perception. 
19. Okay. Um, perfect. Louis comes around the corner and sees you, Groth, and you have this blacked-out man sort of slumped against the wall, and and pretty much the entire time you've uh, helped him along, or mostly carried him, um, he has been rambling and, and saying similar things to um, to you than that he was the stars, you know. Slaughtered them. Butchered them like pigs. The twins. The Wani twins. They were inside when the, f- the, the fire. The fire that the, the demon fought on. He. <laughs> and just slips into a sob as Louis turns the corner. He says, Hey, big man. What do you need to see me for? Little man. I know you always tell me to talk to you when you're drunk, but, uh, you had a few? I've had quite a few. Thank you. Perfect. Our, uh, our new acquaintance here has a theory about this man. He looks, and as he looks over Scott Holloway, his brow furrows and, like, he stands up straight. He just, like... You can see his glo- uh, like uh, jaw underneath his beard sort of like clench. And his beard's like white fading to like blonde. So I, uh, I can't bring this man inside, but... I hear that uh, you, you may know some people that would be interested in what he's been up to. And I'm going <sighs> to smack the dude. You're like, hey, what do you, what you told me earlier? Tell us that again. That was a good story. And he, he slaps him. He's like, the Hawani, the twins, they were inside when the, the fire, the, the demon. And at this point, he just gets like slugged in the gut from Louis, just like this hard fist. He's keels over, throws up a little bit, kicks him over, and he's like, I'm sorry, big man, but I don't think you revealed the secrets you think you revealed. This is our governor, Turncoach Scott Holloway, pathetic wimp and tool of the Empire. Aye. Every piece of burnt-down wood, every house we repaired every grave we dug because of this man here he he brought the demon of the riverlands upon us brought hellfire like well hellfire that only men themselves can bring I'd kill him but it would be a mercy. <laughs> I think I understand what you're saying. At this point, Star, you are keeping watch. 19 perception, and it's it's dark, so you can't see too far out, even though you have dark vision. You probably can only see about 30 to 60 feet in black and white. 
but mostly you're listening, keeping vigilant, and you hear in the distance the sound, the thunderous sound of hooves galloping pretty quickly. And on the horizon, you see lights flickering, maybe five, six. Can't quite make out what they're illuminating, but it's something on horseback, likely heading towards Brambleton. I, I mean, I imagine I'm not really too far away from the giant and the, and Louis. So I turn my head around the corner and I say, eyes up, something's coming. And, uh, I, I don't know, I guess I keep trying to look and see what it is and... I like if I if I'm close enough to like the door or whatever, like I the door of the bar or wherever it is, like I pound on it to like draw people's attention because I don't want to be caught out here by myself. <laughs> Alright, so you you warn Louis and Groth. And Louis looks up at you and makes eye contact, Groth, and you run over and you pound the door of the inn, and the rest of you on the inside hear this. Hear this loud doo, 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 and Louis peers around the corner, and he looks back at you, and... Roth, you've... You've been pretty intimate with Louis over these this last week. You, He's taken you in, he's worked together, you've shared moments of drunkenness, joy, rage. But you see for the first time in his eyes, fear. As he says, The Hell Riders are coming. And that will be the conclusion of episode one of the Reroll Podcast. Yay! Thank you all. <laughs> Thank you all who tuned in to listen. Um, this project has been a labor of love uh, for me and all of us, really, for a long time. Whether it was world building, practicing shitty accents and cars, running countless D&D sessions for practice, or rolling characters for a system we've never played just to see if we sound halfway decent. We testing don't. The, but sincerely, no. when we did it. Testing the DM's patience. But patient. sincerely. Patience as well. <laughs> Patient. Even now. <laughs> yeah, even now. Always. Never stop. Right now, this second, actually. I'm testing him. He's angry. But sincerely, from the bottom of my heart and the heart of everybody in here, thank you for listening. If you liked yeah, what you sure. heard, Tell us about it. Definitely open to constructive criticism, too, so go ahead and light us up if you want. Oh, God, roast us. Come on. Yeah, hardcore. We get off on it. I actually... No, but I'll we'll cry, cry, so yeah, a little so, nice. Yeah. Roast the boys. They like that and stuff. Weird kids. Okay, roast the yeah. boys. <laughs> but yeah, no, thank you, everybody. Great. Thanks. Thank you. Woo. All right. Thank you for listening to the Reroll Podcast. The world of Rel and all characters inside are copyright and fictitious. Any similarity to actual persons living or dead or actual events are purely coincidental. Big thanks to Tabletop Audio for producing quality RPG music and ambiance that we can use in our games. If you enjoyed what you've heard so far, please feel free to reach out to us on social media. We have a Twitter, at RerollPod, and an Instagram, at RerollGaming. You can also send us an email, RerollGaming at gmail.com. Please leave a review for Spotify or iTunes. They are fundamental in getting us off the ground, especially starting out. Thank you so much, and thank you for your continued support.